Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody, where we're serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. And as always, I am joined by my co-host Tito. Tito, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Doc. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And as part of, I don't want to say bit, but as part of a new uh, scheduled programming here on Bread and Butter, uh, we have Peaceful. Peaceful, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so great to be here. I'm excited for uh, I'm excited to hang out with you guys for a little bit and talk some talk some Hearthstone and stuff. So it's gonna be cool. Heck yeah, happy to have you. Uh, so a new thing that we're wanting to do is we're wanting to highlight uh, up and coming content creators, and so we're starting off with Peaceful. Um, so Peaceful, what have you been doing inside of Hearthstone? Well, that's kind of funny. I was actually talking to Tito a little bit beforehand. Uh, the main, my main thing with Hearthstone anymore is just uh, Battlegrounds. I've actually always, always loved Battlegrounds, and it's usually what I do. Like the the amount of Battlegrounds I play directly correlates to how much I like the constructed formats at the moment. So uh, I've been playing <laughs> almost strictly Battlegrounds in Hearthstone. So that should tell you how I'm feeling about all the constructed formats. But I have enjoyed Twist. I played a. a I played a lot of twists last week right after uh, the balance patch went through and the new twist format started. And I really have enjoyed that. That's been pretty fun. And um, it was good to see those discard warlocks and jade rogues put in their place for a little bit, even though it <laughs> seems like jade rogues still pretty good. But uh, yeah, so twist has been fun, standard and wild. Not so much. I'm I'm still waiting for them to, to really fix wild. It's like they changed all this stuff and made it better. And then Yogg came out and ruined everything. So it's like almost unplayable at this point. But Yeah. Uh, Tito, what have you been doing inside Hearthstone? Well, I actually haven't been playing any Battlegrounds lately. Um, not that I don't want to, but it's just I, how, how much time you have and where you pick and choose your battles. Yeah. Huh? Battles? Never mind. Um, so <laughs> um, I'm still climbing. Um, I'm around D3. I've been kind of up between D5. I'm doing the D5, D1 dance, you know, where you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. Um, I've mostly been playing lately Arcane Secret Hunter, which has been fun, but I'm also playing a bunch of different versions of Big Pally. Some of them have Earthen, some of them don't. I'm really enjoying that. And I've also been playing Chad Warlock, which has been a lot of fun. Those are mostly the decks I've been playing around, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, like THL, so it kind of double duty of practicing for the THL matches, which we just finished. Um, we're not going to make the playoffs this, this this time around, but um, it was fun. I actually had my last match uh, a couple nights ago, or was it last night? It was last night, and I no, it was Saturday night, and I actually pulled that one out. Uh, I played Copa, and the fact uh, that both of our teams were out of contention, we decided to meme a little bit. And we decided to not bring certain decks like Control Warrior, like anything Druid, whatever. So I ended up bringing the um, a big pally that was a lot of fun. I brought um, Enraged Warrior, which got banned. I mean, I know there's a top tier deck, but that wasn't one of the ones that we had decided not to. Um, but I actually won with the Momentum Demon Hunter with within game five, which nice. is cool. a lot of fun. It's not good. In fact, all my matchup spreads into their their decks was like twenty two percent, but uh, I got <laughs> I got lucky. We played well, so it was a lot of fun. Um, I I did play a little bit of wild. I played some Shutterwalk Shaman, to, uh, uh, Highlander Shutterwalk Shaman, mostly to just clear some quests. I had two Shaman quests. I didn't want to play that in, in standard because I wanted to continue with. I didn't want to drop even further than I have. And um, I've seen nothing. I believe I, every game I saw was up against a secret rogue. 
So apparently Secret Rogue is the new hotness in the meta or something, but um Miracle Rogue? It was a Miracle Rogue's the deck that I've seen a no, lot. I've seen, it was it was pure Secret Rogue. I don't I mean yeah. Oh, weird. Yep. I mean every I think in all the games, Hanar came down on turn two and they did those things. But No, I was gonna say the, the big deck I've seen in a while was the is this Miracle Rogue nonsense with Edwin and Arcane Giants and then you bounce your Arcane Giants with that spell from Festival that makes it an 8-8 when you bounce it, and then you play it again, and then you play, yeah, Breakdance, there you go. And then you play Yogg for zero, and then you bounce Yogg, and you get a 7-5 from Breakdance, and then you just, your opponent leaves the game. (laughs) That sounds fun, actually, but probably not fun to play against. And Oh, it's very fun to play. It's horrible to play against. It's miserable. And I'm almost, um, I think I'm two wins off of 3,000 with Hunter. And I think I'm about 14 wins off of 1,000 for Demon Hunter. So um, I want to push finish getting those close up. But Doc, what have you been up to in Hearthstone? Yeah, so uh, not playing wild, thank goodness. Um, that sounds amazing. Uh, played my THL match, uh, went two and three. Had uh, two really big turns on uh, game two and game five where I feel like I could have made a better decision. Um, But it was fun. I mean, it was the best I've played uh, all season, so I'll take what I can get. Uh, And playing with art with significantly better players than um, were that I would face on the ladder. But uh, I've been mostly playing some BGs. I'm at like five point three K right now. Um, The last the last game I played, I had the uh, I don't want to say choose your champion. But it was the it was the anomaly where you discover a six, a tier six minion and then you get that in your uh, opening hand. And I went undead with Greybow and I got the oh, I forget Sister Death Whisper, something like that. The one that gives. Oh, the, yeah, it's a good one. Yep. Got her with Greybow and had two micro mummies in my shop. And so that kind of just carried me just straight on into top two. And then I lost to another undead build. Um, there was like four people going undead that game. It was very much contested, but, uh, everyone who was in the top four was playing undead. Um, (laughs) yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, haven't really been playing a lot of constructed standard and I'll for sure get my card back this month. But, uh, with me moving at the end end of the month, I don't think I'll try to get into like diamond or whatever this month, just cause, I don't have the time because I need to be packing and organizing stuff. Uh, that's but, understandable. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing inside Hearthstone. Uh, peaceful. Before you get to that, uh, I had a question on Battlegrounds. Does it seem to the rest of you guys, like, does it seem like people are climbing slower in the Anomalies era on their MMR versus the last iteration we just had, which was, what was it? It was, um, it was Quest Back again, right? Or whatever it was last time. Yeah, I feel I seem like a lot of streamers and stuff, not necessarily the high end streamers. They're always going to be 13K or whatever. But I've seen a lot of streamers that I watch that usually are around six, five, seven K. They're still not at six K yet or getting close. Has, has it been harder this time around to be more consistent? So for me, absolutely. So my big issue with the anomalies and I mean, it, it kind of ties into my feelings in Hearthstone in general. It's so it's so snowbally and it's mm-hmm. so rng based where so many of the anomalies reward you for having good early shops which is something you just have no control over and i've i've just had a hard time figuring out <laughs> how to survive those games long enough for 
to for it to matter what I do. You know what I mean? Like it feels like there's more non games of battlegrounds now than there used to be, and it got a little better when they changed the damage cap to last until top four. That did help a little bit, but even still, there's some games where it's you just like. I don't know. You get to turn three and you look at your opponent's board compared to yours and you're like, oh, well, I lose the game. Like, that's, that's just the way it is. It's, you know, yeah. I just, there's, so I, I do think it's harder to climb. And I think a lot of it's just because there's so much more variance because of the anomalies. I mean, you have like those wild ones where it's like your, your gold triples every turn, but your board just dis- disappears. And it's just hard. Like, sometimes some people hit elementals and Nomi in that lobby and you hit nothing and then they just kill you over the span of two or three turns. And, I don't know. I have definitely, I've been kind of hard stuck right at 6k. I got the 6k, so I hit that, you know, threshold, so I can't drop below it, but I haven't really been able to get far above it either, and I I mean, I've been an 11, 12k Battlegrounds player before, so yeah, it's been a little frustrating. Yeah, and I can, I can essentially echo your sentiments there with my experience. Um, I'm not like an 11, 12k player. I'm like a 6, 6, 5 uh, on average. Uh but it's taken me way longer than I'm used to to hit 5.3 K or even what it took me so long to hit 5 K. Like it just didn't, it was just hard. Like some of the anomalies are very spiky and if you don't get to spike, well then it's just GG next and you just kind of do that. And so you kind of have to figure if you want to play for first or play for fourth to hopefully get that, the little points of MMR here and there. And so that's what I had to transition towards was not worrying about getting first at all, but just trying to, not be one of the first four people to die survive yeah just trying yeah. to survive like that's the objective um but yeah like i mean it's still fun it's just it's a slower climb for me personally and i feel like that might be a similar feeling for a lot of other people but it's still enjoyable anomalies are fun they just make you stretch your brain for in the for the game in different ways yeah, there's there's one of those things where a lot of the anomalies are so cool and so interesting but the problem is is part of what makes them interesting is how powerful they are. Like mm-hmm. the, the double your first buy each turn or the, your first minion you buy each turn is free. And it it's just like those make your first few shops so important that it just feels sometimes like you don't really get to play. And it, it, it is, it is frustrating, but the games where you, you're the one who hits the nuts. It's, it's like the most fun yep. I've ever had playing battleground. So it's this weird, like I'll play like three games in a row and I'm like, this is the best you know, variation of Battlegrounds they've ever done. And then I'll play like another three games in a row. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. I hate it. I'm never playing a game of Battlegrounds again. And it's just like this, it's just this very back and forth. <laughs> so it's a little stressful. Yeah. Um. So this is, I'm going to transition into going outside the game because I want to bring that, but with with this conversation. Uh, so outside the game, I've been playing a lot of Teamfight Tactics. Uh, for those of you that don't know, for the last like two seasons, they've had essentially anomalies at the beginning of the game. Um, but every player in the lobby can vote for which one they want to have a chance to be the anomaly of that, of the, the entire game. And so you get oh, three options. Cool. Yeah. So I think it would be cool if somehow they found the, the bandwidth within Hearthstone to make that an option, like have everyone discover the same three anomalies at the beginning of the game. And whichever one got the most votes is the anomaly that is the anomaly for the game. So there's, would give like more agency um, and you could pick your hero and have it be before hero selection. So you pick the anomaly, you get your heroes or whatever. I don't know if that's possible. I just think that would be, it would be fun because it would make it a little bit different. Uh, I've also been playing a lot of Valorant uh, recently. Um, Fun shooter game. I'm 
not great at it. My being great at FPS games days are uh, long since behind me, but uh, it's still fun. It's just League of Legends with guns, basically, because every operator has different abilities. Super fun. CSGO has been a lot of fun, too. I'm even worse at that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Peaceful, what have you been doing outside Hearthstone? Okay, so, um, well, Tito knows this already, but I've, I've been streaming and playing and making content for Marvel Snap quite a bit. Uh, I'm, I've been obsessed with that game basically since it came out uh, about a year ago, actually. I think it was, I think it'll be a year in like a couple weeks. And that's been doing really well for me. But as far as like outside of that, I haven't had a ton of free time. So I haven't played a ton of games. I've been watching Ahsoka. Oh. That is like my favorite Star Wars show of all time. Yes. Uh, probably my favorite Star Wars media of all time. <gasps> it, I mean, I'm a sucker for, I was like obsessed with Rebels, the the animated show that a lot of the characters come from. And I just thought they did such an amazing job transitioning it all to the big screen. I thought the story was amazing uh, without getting into any spoilers. The, the Some of the episodes where they focused on certain characters from the past were just like very emotionally well done, very like aesthetically well done. Just the story was super interesting and super, uh, a lot of just really cool elements from like the more mystical side of star Wars mm-hmm. that they've never really done in live action before got kind of tugged in and it just, it was just a blast. And other than that, like really I haven't had a ton of free time outside of snap and hearthstone. So uh, I just wanted to go ahead and throw out a shout out to anybody who likes star Wars. You should watch Ahsoka. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, No, you don't have to watch rebels before, but it does help. It certainly does. Um, I didn't watch rebels before or clone wars, the new clone wars. I watched clone wars back when it was 2d animated, like three minute long episodes oh, in between shows on Cartoon one. Network. Yeah. 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 So that was my Clone Wars. Um, I wish I would have watched the newer Clone Wars and Rebels to understand the backstory of things in Ahsoka. Uh, but one of my coworkers, uh, he's a big Star Wars nerd. And so him and I watched Stup- we each watched Stupendous Wave. And so he's a big Star Wars YouTuber for like uh, lore and stuff. And so I've oh, got, cool. got to talk with him, my coworker, a bunch about it. Um, and yeah, Ahsoka's amazing. Definitely. If you like stories, you need to watch it if you haven't, but peaceful, I have a question for you. How'd you yeah. like Andor? Cause to me, Andor is my oh. favorite star Wars media. So Andor is probably my second favorite. So it's you're, you're, yeah, you're, I have no arguments there. If you, if you prefer it, it's definitely like a little bit more serious of a tone. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like Ahsoka was more in line with the tone of most star Wars, but like kind of took it into different areas but i mean Andor and rogue one i think were just like rogue one to me i mean i'm gonna get myself in trouble with a lot of star wars people but the last jedi is my favorite star wars movie but other than that i thought the sequel trilogy was pretty bad <laughs> um so i think rogue one oh, for what it's worth is like one of the best movies they've done definitely one of the best they've done at the disney era and Andor like building off of that and just the I I want them to do more stuff like that, I guess is what I would say. I, I want more adult themed, like more, you know, really like suspenseful, really, but really like deep story wise. Like there was a lot of like layers to that show that if you like really dive into mm-hmm. were really, really interesting and really well thought out. Whereas most Star Wars, like, let's be real. Like I love the Mandalorian, but it's very surface level. Yep. It's like, put it on with the kids, watch it. It's really entertaining. It's got these funny parts. It's got the cute little baby Yoda. But it's not there's not a lot of depth to it, whereas Andor is like the exact opposite. And I felt like Ahsoka was kind of that perfect medium for me where I've watched it three times. But believe it or not, because my kids love it and I don't tell them, but I couldn't wait till <laughs> I could be with them to watch it. Yeah. I would watch it Tuesday night when it came out and then watch it again Wednesday. 
And then uh, my younger one decided after watching a couple episodes, she wanted to watch all of them too. So we watched it again. So I've watched it three times all the way through. And I just feel like uh, Andor is like super serious, like almost like spy spy thriller style mm. Star Wars. Then you got Ahsoka, which is right here in the middle. It's got that lightheartedness, that like humor to it that a lot of Star Wars has, but it's also got that deeper layer. And then you've got like Mandalorian and all the other Disney era Star Wars stuff. So Andor is great. So my biggest reason for liking Andor, not that I have anything against Jedi or Sith, but it was we got to see the world of Star Wars from like a normal people perspective. There was no space witch, space warlock stuff going on, no space magic. It was just people and insurmountable odds like it. Yeah, so, so, so good. And I'm excited to see what Dave Filoni has down the pipeline because the movie is it one or two movies he's going to do to wrap up everything. I think they've said it. I thought that they said it was just one, but there's so many plot points that I I think it's so difficult. It'll be a trilogy to um, to wrap it up in just one. But (laughs) I'm voting for a trilogy and like Dave Filoni can do whatever he wants as long as it's Star Wars and I'll watch it. Tito, have you have you finished Ahsoka? I have. And I've been in the middle of rewatching the Clone Wars because I wanted to start back and I started doing this before Ahsoka came out, but I wanted to get back to like, Hey, when did Ahsoka go from one blade to two? And how did that happen? I don't remember that so much. And I want to, the, the things like that. Oh, I can no, tell no, you. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I just, I just don't remember. I've watched it all. It's been a while and I want to rewatch rebels. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually, I think I like the Mandalorian. I think I even liked Obi-Wan better than Ahsoka, but that doesn't mean I didn't love it. Um, I have, I had problems with uh, the prequels. I had problems with the post schools, whatever you call those. But um, overall, I love them. (laughs) I I love that. Like, keep giving me more Star Wars. It's the same thing with Marvel. People were like, oh, the secret war, uh, this uh, secret invasion, whatever it's called. Like the one that just came out. Like, that wasn't that great. Like, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Keep giving me more. Oh, it was fine. Like the only episode of that show I had any issue with was the very last one. It was a little over the top. But like. The rest of it, I thought, was actually really. Yeah, I mean, every time, like, they complained about uh, the Winter Soldier one, or not the Winter Soldier, yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I really like that one, too. And they had to make some major changes because the entire story that was supposed to be about a, like, plague or something like that that was released. And then COVID 19 was released, and they had to, like, well, we don't want to mirror that. Yeah. So they definitely made some changes there. But, like, even when something is just okay, if they keep giving me more Star Wars and keep giving me more Marvel, I'm thrilled. And, and, Keep it coming. I can't wait to see the Marvels. I, I know it's getting a lot of bad hype, but it looks like it oh, looks like, too. hey, what if we did Freaky Friday in the Marvel Universe? And I'm here for it. Um, <clears throat> but aside from that, I've been watching Ted Lasso. I realized last week that I had uh, Apple Plus for a while or Apple TV, whatever it's called, because I had gotten it free mm-hmm. with my phone. And I don't know how long I have it left for. I said, oh, I better watch Ted Lasso. I started watching it, I think, last Wednesday, and I just finished the series yesterday. Uh, I watched three seasons and like, it is that good. It is, it is like everything you've heard about it being good is better than that. Um, It is a lot of fun. It is um, uh, emotional at times. I was a little dusty in the old Tito house a couple of times during that, the show's run there. Uh, I'm not (laughs) sure why I try to keep it clean, but uh, I definitely recommend watching it. Um, But doc, we've talked, we've already got to know our our guest a little bit, but I think, I think our listeners want to hear a little bit more. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, so peaceful. Uh, so your name actually, I'm calling you peaceful. I'm sorry. It's peaceful. C. that's, no, uh, that's what people call me. That's totally fine. Okay. 
I I get it because yeah. my name's Doc McBud and everyone just calls me Doc. Um, so where did your name come from? So the name Peaceful Sea, this kind of a funny story, uh, was my original Twitch name. So like I just didn't change it when I became a streamer. And the where I had originally got it from was uh, this song. So the lyric from the song, it's a song called January 1979 by a band called Me Without You. And this, the song lyric is, I was floating in a peaceful sea rescued by a sinking ship. And it's always been like, possibly like my favorite line from any song I've ever heard, because it, it just means so many different things that really have impacted me on a personal level. Like I've always been the person that struggled with stepping outside my comfort zone and like stepping into the unknown and not, and doing the things that, you know, well, I don't know how this is going to work out and I don't know if I can do this. And like that fear of failure has always held me back. And to me, that's always like the main purpose of that line is, you know, you're in this, you're in a peaceful sea, right? So you're in this, this place where you don't know where you're going or how to get where, but it's peaceful. There's nothing harming you, but there's a ship here that's offering to save you. But you know, the ship is sinking the ship's not going anywhere. And you're like, I don't know. So that it always just struck a really powerful chord with me on a personal level. So I made it my, my, my Twitch name. And then when I decided to start streaming, I spent like weeks, like doing the thing I just talked about. I'm like, well, how am I ever going to do this? I can't even come up with a name. And then I just looked at my Twitch account one day and I was like, well, you already have a name and you liked the name when you made it. So what's wrong with that? So it was kind of like that last thing holding me up from actually trying to become a streamer. So I was like, you know what? I like my name. It's cool. And uh, honestly, people have, like a lot of people have told me how like they really like my name. It just it has like a cool vibe to it. It's got a cool feel to it. And it's like it doubles as like, you know, everyone wants to have that like catchphrase for their their stream like what do you call your your chat like what are they called and for me it was easy i'm like you're they're in the peaceful sea welcome to the peaceful sea i get to say that whenever someone follows which you know makes it made it really easy for me because i'm not good at coming up with that sort of stuff but that's the long story of how i got my name <laughs> nice that's a great story thanks for sharing that with us uh yeah, absolutely so this one's kind of a two-parter. One, what got you started in video games? So, like, what's, the, like, the first video game you remember playing? And two, how did you find Hearthstone? Oh, gosh. So, my first, like, very early memories of video games, we were, we were going to my grandma's house in New York, and she had an original Nintendo, and she had Duck Hunt, she had Ninja Turtles 2, and she had, well, actually, I'm sorry, she had the Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Gotta say it right, because it wasn't. Then she had Ninja Turtles 2, and then she had Super Mario Brothers 3. And every time we went up there, that's what me and my brothers were doing. We didn't want to do anything else. We would go into the, the room in the back of the house where the TV with the Nintendo was set up. We'd <laughs> blow into the cartridges until we got it to work. And we'd, we'd play Super yeah. Mario Brothers 3. That was our favorite. And then we played Ninja Turtles 2. And I was, it was so funny. Like I, was, I always tell people, because people are like, the game's impossible. Ninja Turtles 2, no one can beat that. I'm like, dude, we beat that all the time. But it's because we didn't have any other options. You know, we, If we wanted to play Ninja Turtles, we had to play this ridiculously impossible game. <laughs> so that was how I first found video games. And ever since then, I mean, I was hooked. I'm still to this day, other than Hearthstone and Snap and some of the games I play on my computer, I'm a Nintendo person. I've literally never owned uh, a gaming system other than my PC that wasn't Nintendo. I've owned every Nintendo system that's come out since the since the n64 and i've just always been in love with zelda been in love with mario been in love with that sort of game i did get into i would play like when i was in high school i had a lot of friends who had xbox and playstation 2 and i played a lot of halo i was actually really good at halo um the first time i became truly obsessed with a game to like the point where like that's all i did was metroid prime for gamecube Ooh, still to this day good one probably my overall favorite game the remaster just came out for switch i bought it like the second it released and i beat it within like a couple days 
it's just to me that's the perfect game and then um after that it was melee super smash brothers melee i was legitimately like i don't know i was i was like you see those crazy videos of tournament players doing all those weird moves that aren't supposed to be in the game that's me that was me for a good solid two years uh, right up until i was in college and then um after that i kind of took i was i was really into music i i was in a band for a little bit and gaming kind of took a backseat for a little bit and then i um got really into magic so we're gonna go and segue into the hearthstone part of this conversation i got really into magic the gathering not the digital form but the actual card game and i was i've never been as obsessed with anything in my life i love magic i love the way it played i love the lore I would go to Star City Games, which is this place here in Roanoke that a lot of people actually who may be out there have played Magic, you've probably heard of them because up until just a couple years ago when COVID hit, they were one of the biggest uh, resellers of, of Magic cards and Pokemon cards. I think they still do. I still, still think they're one of the biggest ones. So you could go to StarCityGames.com and buy Magic cards. But we went to the actual shop where they were housed and where that they sold their cards out of. And we would buy packs and packs and cards and build decks. And I was obsessed with that for a long time. Well, then I had my first daughter, and it was a little unexpected. <laughs> it wasn't planned, and that just cut into my spending budget. And if you know anything about Magic, yeah. it is probably the most expensive game you could ever play. <laughs> like a tournament-level deck usually costs between five and $600 at that time. Now I know it's more. Um, so I was like, well, that's not going to work anymore. Sold my Magic cards off. And um, as I was doing that, and I was kind of hanging out with some friends, my best friend was like, dude, I, you love magic. Have you tried Hearthstone? And this was right between Whispers of the Old Gods and Mean Streets of Gadgets. And I don't remember what exactly was the very last set that had come out before I started, but I started like in the middle of that summer before Mean Streets of Gadgets and came out that fall. And I was immediately hooked because it was like magic, but simpler. And like the UI was beautiful. I remember just thinking the game looked so cool and was so easy to play. And it, from that point on, again, I was hooked within, uh, I want to say probably a year, I was like a top 10 wild player uh, every month. I was the only person in top legend wild who played Malagos Druid, which at the time was so much more fair than it is now. <laughs> oh my gosh, like the combo decks in wild now are, are so crazy. But back then it was like you played, you know, Spreading Plague, the stall, and then you you played an Alex Straza to set them to 15, and then you played your Alviana Kuhn combo to which you know is back in twist now which was really cool for me and I, I i was just obsessed like i was i've always been a druid main if you look at my hearthstone classes i think druid has like over four thousand wins or something like that no one else has more than two thousand i just i've always been in love with that I could, and magic it was the same way i love the ramp style combo style of decks and it just it just hooked me it hooked me really hard and then you know i had another kid i got became a manager at my old job and I kind of switched over to Battlegrounds because it was easier to keep up with for a while. And then um, once I once I left that job, I just got back into Constructed again. And, you know, that's Constructed has always been my 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 calling. Like I, I much more enjoy that style, of like building the deck and, and putting stuff together. And there's just something about that. That's why I love Marvel Snap too. that that deck building itch. Like, I just love that, like being able to tweak your decks and build your decks and like find the perfect combination of cards to really you know, make the, the deck that feels the best to you and how it's so flexible depending on the person who's playing. It, it's always been what's fascinated me with card games in general. I even love like board, when it comes to board games, I love playing deck building games as well. Like it's just, there's just something about that that just scratches the perfect itch for my brain. I love it. Heck yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's 
incredible journey of starting with one of the hardest video games ever being Ninja Turtles. <laughs> God, those, both, all of them were ridiculous for the Nintendo. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so you are recently started a podcast. Uh, yep. Would you want to tell us what your podcast is called and kind of dive into that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so the podcast is called Windows Down Volume Up. We actually just decided on a name like three months after we started it because we couldn't figure out a name we wanted. But it's it's unrelated to anything else th- uh, that I do streaming wise. So if anybody who comes out and hangs out in my stream, you know that I love music. I have like like a like a five and a half day long playlist that I I rotate on, um, on on stream that we just listen through. I have a it's set up so people can request certain songs and. It's always it's just been a huge part of my life. Like I mentioned when I was talking about video games, like I, I was in a band for a good period of my life. It's just been something I've always been in love with. And it's emotionally like it's like I, this is not an exaggeration. There were times in my life where without music and without certain bands and the way they made me feel like I, I would have I would probably not be here anymore because, you know, like many people, mm-hmm. I go I went through a time in my life that was very difficult. And, you know, I wasn't always the happiest with myself. And music is what kept me going a lot of times. So. One of the things I approached a couple of my streaming friends about was, why don't we do a podcast where we just talk about that music from our from early in our lives, talk about how it impacted us and how it like because there's still bands from that I listened to in high school and then outside of high school that to this day, whenever I listen to them, I still get that emotional connection to how it made me feel, how going to their shows made me feel. So basically what we do is each week we go through a different album. It's usually one from like the late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere in that range when we were the the three of us who were in the podcast. It's me, my friend Left the Fray, and Out Rumbleback. They're two other uh, smaller streamers. And we just pick an album that really connects with us, really resonated with us, but also that we feel, you know, like musically had a real impact on the music scene as a whole. And just talk through it. We listen through it as we're doing the podcast. We have it playing in the background. And we just talk through, you know, what we think is so amazing about that album what emotionally or you know like what memories we have connected to it that sort of thing it's it's a lot of fun uh, we're trying to get on a more regular schedule it's hard because all three of us have very busy lives outside of it and uh, two of us have three kids and you know a lot going on so uh, it's usually on saturdays but you know it's uh, we got one actually coming up this week i'm actually really excited about awesome uh yeah i'll uh definitely start throwing you guys into my podcast rotation what what doc wants to know is when when is when is the first time you do a dirty album? <laughs> oh, which one? So he's just he's just Who poking at say? me because my favorite band right now is this band from Minnesota called Dury. Uh, their brother sister band who blew up over at the start of the pandemic through TikTok. Um, and I think they're fun. They're like uh, nostalgia, nostalgia like pop rock. I guess is like the closest thing I could pinpoint. Um, but right. uh, Dano of Squelch fame, uh, it lives in Minnesota and has seen them live a couple times. Um, they're, they're a fun band. That's so cool. like they're worth checking out. It's just D U R R Y. D U R R Y. I will check them out. If, if there's anything I can say is like, I do have specific tastes that I like more, but I, I'll listen to anything. I love anything. As long as the yeah, music's they, good. they just released their first official album. Cool. Uh, Cause everything else uh, was like, Oh, this song, this chorus that I wrote blew up on TikTok. Let's finish the song and record it really quick and put it on Spotify. And so their earlier recordings didn't have like the kind of quality that they wanted. And so now they released this album and 
all the all of their older songs that got put on the album uh got all the love and justice that the songs deserved which is pretty cool so my next question for you uh so you just got accepted in the snap content creator program um how cool is that it's pretty cool it's pretty cool so yeah um I, it was not something i expected to actually get i had um they had post i had seen a, a another streamer that i knew was doing snap content had posted saying hey you know i just applied to this you know wish me luck and i was like well you know let me go check and see what the requirements were and don't tell them i mean i'm, I'm sure they probably know but at the time i sent in my application i was just short on a couple of them the only one i was meeting was my uh my twitch my twitch follower account i was just short on the uh, twitter one and i was very very short on the youtube one i was like well by the time they actually look at it because they would everyone had been saying it took them a few months to really get to it it's like by the time they get to mine i'm sure i'll have it well not a week later my my twitter passed the threshold and within a couple days of that i got an email from them like hey you know you're accepted and it was it, it was really cool it's been really really nice the the snap community is well i mean just like you all know hearthstone like it, most of the snap team is people from hearthstone who have left over the years a lot of them left to go on to and be on the second dinner team and make marvel snap and they're all just super friendly super easy to talk to and they're super helpful like i've gotten to talk to a bunch of the different people on the actual snap team we get all sorts of cool perks like they they send us the patch notes early so if we want to make content on it uh, we can get some content ready to look, go live when the patch goes live instead of having to wait till after it comes out which I know Hearthstone does as well for the Hearthstone content creators. It's just a lot of really, it's really cool to be a part of like that sort of community because a lot of the, the creators in there are just as passionate as, you know, it's just as passionate as I am about the game, just as passionate as I am about streaming and gaming and content creation in general. And they also are, you know, not just the second dinner team, the other content creators are more than happy to help when you have questions. Uh, they We do a lot of collabs, like I just got added to the, it's called the WSF, the World Snap Federation. It's like a, a really fun tournament thing that these group of guys do where it's like, it's kind of themed after pro wrestling where we all have our personas that we go into for the event. And it, it's it's just really fun. So it's been a really cool journey for me. It's been very validating as well, you know, just to finally be like, hey, you know, you've been working so hard at this content creation thing here. This is a sign that you're, you're going in the right direction. So it's been really cool. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. uh, so <laughs> you're on Hype Horizon with Tito, and you're the captain of Hype Horizon's Battlegrounds team. Uh, do you want to dive into how that became something that you were doing? <laughs> well, Tito could tell you how that became a thing. So uh, Hype Horizon was something that Tito actually invited me originally to, and he had started like coming into my streams and hanging out a little bit and talking to me, and he he messaged me about it. And was like, you should be on this. And I, as I mentioned before, I've, you know, I've struggled at times in my life with like self-esteem, self-worth, that sort of thing. And it's something that I've battled constantly as a creator. Cause you know, that's just the, the nature of me. I'm very hard on myself. I'm always working toward it. So when he asked me about being on like a, an actual stream team, I was like, well, surely he doesn't mean me. He must've looked at the wrong stream or something or forgot which person he was talking to, but he was very persistent. He kept asking me. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm on board. And uh, kind of did a little bit of research, saw that their what seemed to be their ethos and their their mission and what they were all about lined up just with what I want to be, just all positivity, you know, supportive, help each other out. And so I joined and had, honestly, I have not had a single regret. It's been really nice. Everybody in the group is, is super, super good people. 
you know, Tito is a perfect example. You know, he, he drives everybody, he helps everybody. He's always willing to do whatever needs to be done. And so the battlegrounds team thing was kind of fun. Cause it came around sort of by accident where they needed a fill in one night for a game. And I was like, well, sure I'll play. I mean, I'm pretty good at battlegrounds. I'll play. And I joined in and like the first, I did it two weeks in a row. I just was filling in <laughs> and both weeks I filled in, I got first place in at least one of the games and was MVP for our team. And Tito was like, what, why aren't you on the battlegrounds team? I was like, okay, sure. I'll be on the battlegrounds team. That sounds fun. And then, you know, Tito's got so many responsibilities when he, so when he asked me about captaining the battlegrounds team, I was happy to help. Cause I know he's got a lot of other stuff on his plate as far as hype goes. And as far as mm-hmm. streaming goes and podcasts go, you know, he's a busy guy. Plus, you know, having his own things going on in his personal life. So I was happy to do it. And it's been a lot of fun. We, um, we've improved a lot. As as things have gone on, the team has gotten really tight. I think we're gonna. I'm actually really excited to see how we do this next season. I think we gotta. Think we could surprise some people. I could think we could uh, snag some games. Maybe uh maybe get a little bit farther in the playoffs this time. It'd be sweet. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. Um, I have a lot to do. It's I, I liked being the captain of the battlegrounds team, but it, it's more that. Um, I was at that time now. Once we picked up, so we have uh, Colonel Mustard, Connor, uh, Arizona, um, and um, you and judge uh we've had judge on the show before too and um as i've been recruiting better players than me which is what we wanted to i kind of um, phased myself out as it were so um my content creation time is between a certain time 9 and 12 eastern time and when we're trying to match up with people some people in other countries it's hard to get those those aligned so um I know that peace has a little bit more flexibility at times, although it ended up at times not being so flexible with um, how uh, the other teams were. But um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to pigeonhole a team. No, no, you're fine. I just didn't want to pigeonhole a team into my time to play when I probably wasn't even, excuse me, playing at that time because we wanted to put, you know, the best team out there that we could. And, um, you know, that's it. But anyway, Doc, um, I think it's, that was a lot of information and, and, you know, it was a nice, nice appetizer, but I think I'm hungry for the main course. Yeah, what main do you think? course sounds good to me. So we're here, okay. we're here to talk to Peaceful about content creation. Uh, I figured that's a good topic for our first uh, guest about content creation. So one of the things that you'll hear from Peaceful, if you go follow a stream and you should, uh, is that you want to turn this into a full-time job. So why do you want to take this hobby that's fun and turn it into a, a full-time job? So um, I'm a, we're talking about podcasts, I'm on a podcast. I'm, the types of podcasts I really like listening to are, you know, like I want to say motivational, but ones that kind of talk about like ways to like better ways of looking at things and like self-growth and that sort of thing. And one of the, one of those podcasts I was listening to a few years back, one of the things he was talking about was because he's a he's a he was a content creator as well. Obviously, he has a podcast, but he also runs like a business where basically he like his business is self growth, where people come to him and work with him. And he's talking about why because people ask him like, well, why do you do that? It sounds like a lot of work. You're basically having to get on a phone and coach people constantly about things. And he was talking about he's like one of the things that I always tell people is he's like find a job that doesn't feel like a job. He's like because when I and working, and he, he did it in quotes. He's like, when I am working and when I am helping people, coaching people, teaching people how to be better and how to improve their own, you know, like mindset and things like that. He's like, that doesn't feel like work to me. He's like, because I love helping people. He's like, I love doing that. It's like, he's like, 
he's like, he compared it. He's like, some people just love working on cars. He's like, that's my big hobby. He's like, so when I'm working on a car, you know, some people would think of that as work. He's like, but I can go and, and, you know, mess around with the motor in my car for four hours. And it feels like 10 minutes because I love doing it. He's like, find something that you can do to where you do it for 10 hours. And it feels like 10 minutes because you just love it so much. And so I, I, I went on a kind of a journey. So, um, I went through some stuff in my personal life. I separated from my wife and we, um, just started kind of like, I was like, I kind of sort of asked myself at that point, I was like, well, what do I want? Like, what am I doing? Like, cause I'd for so long, I'd done jobs that were jobs, but they made good money they supported my family. They supported my kids and I still work, you know, I still have a job, but what I wanted was to find something to, that I could do that at some point could become something like that. Something that long-term when I'm doing this in 10 years and I'm doing this full time, it's, it's not going to feel like work because I just enjoy all parts of it so much. And I didn't know that content creation was going to be that thing until I started it, but it is something I'd always wanted to do because I've always loved teaching people, explaining people and showing people. So like how to do things and how to get better and how to improve. That's one of the things where I did, I did like coaching kind of on the side before I even started streaming where I would like go and like help people with Hearthstone and like, how do you get to legend and that sort of stuff. And I still do it from time to time. And I realized after a few months of streaming, I was like, I love this. You know, I love like meeting people this way. I love having people come into my streams and ask me for help. I love all every part of it. And I just was like, you know, well, this is the time I was like, I have, I have this opportunity where I'm going through a shift in my life and I can either, you know, continue doing these jobs that I hate, which if anyone from work is watching or hears this, sorry, but you know, I, I work my job because I need a job and because it pays well. And cause that's good benefits. I don't work my job because I have a passion for making sure people get their packages on time. Like, you know, that's not why I, that's not why I work my job. It's, you know, it's, it's a job. And I wanted something that I long-term could give me that feeling of I'm, I'm working, but I'm happy to do it. Cause you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to be someone who spent, you know, 40 years of their life doing something just because they needed to make money. Yeah. So, so. did you start, how did you start streaming? How did that happen? Did you start it because you wanted to go down this road after you heard that podcast or was, were you already streaming when that happened? How did this get rolling? So it was shortly after I had moved out, I was um, living with a friend. And I kind of talked to him. I was like, you know, because we had worked together at another job, one of my jobs. And I, I kind of was like, just, man, I'm just, I'm so tired of just doing jobs just to do jobs. And I was like, I need to do, he's like, I need to find something to do outside of work that I enjoy. And it was at the time, it was strictly just a hobby. It was something I wanted to try. I knew it was something that people can make a career off of, but I'd also done enough research to know that making a career out of content creation is not easy. <laughs> it is, you know, the, to get to the point where you're making a living wage, it takes a lot of work. So I knew going in, I was like, well, I don't want to commit to that until I know that I actually like it. So I started streaming and the first time I streamed, it was November, 2021. It was, I want to say November 4th, 2021. So I'm almost coming up on my two year and I yes. played a Hades. A I don't know if y'all have ever played Hades. Probably my, probably like my second favorite game. I was talking about how Metro Prime is my favorite game. Yeah. Hades is my second favorite game. And I, I've sunk no joke, probably like five or 600 hours into Hades. And my, I was at, I was here. I, I was streaming at a PC that my buddy was letting me borrow. Cause I was still waiting on my PC to come in that I'd ordered. And he was like, well, do just set it up and, and, and run this, the stream thing and see how it goes and see if you like it. So I did. And I streamed Hades for two or three hours and it was literally just me and like my camera on the screen. And then Hades, <laughs> that was it. And you know, there was no overlays. There was no nothing. It was just me. 
and just having people come in asking you know questions about the game asking me what my favorite this and that was and i was just like you know i just felt exhilarated you know how you just like i I, the more i did it the more energized i felt and once that happened and then i realized how much i actually enjoyed it, it it just kind of snowballed from there you know the first i don't know probably five or six months i was really just doing it to see how well i could do and once i realized that if i really put my mind to it i could do well that's when it started to transform into that. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to start working towards making this a full time thing. Now with Hades, um, what's your highest heat? And did you try to push heat or did you try to push time? I did both. So I actually was pushing heat when I did the first stream, and then I had a couple of people come in there and be like, "Well, have you ever tried to speed run?" And they like they literally taught me the the run like the the builds and stuff you look for to do a speed run and like what the fastest builds are and the fastest D, uh, DPS uh, that you can get with like certain builds. And it was. It was really cool, but my my preferred method has always been heat runs because I love I love upping that challenge. I actually did back before when I was still mostly a variety streamer, but I mostly stream battlegrounds. I did a lot of Hades, and my favorite thing to do was I had this thing called the Wheel of Chaos, where like each time somebody subbed or each time somebody followed or each time like a new person came in and chatted, the we'd spin the Wheel of Chaos and it would like add a random like difficulty setting to it. So like the next time I started to run. I'd have to do this heat setting. And then another one was like, oh, well, the boon, the next boon you choose is random. So like I wouldn't actually get to pick what I got. I just had to take whatever uh, we would just roll it. And it was like whatever out of the three got picked, that's what I had to take. It was like all these little cool little. So that was my favorite way to play it on stream because it really engaged the viewer. Like it, it kind of let them join in on the fun. But I've always I've always loved heat runs. Man, I still have. It's funny. I'm looking at my browser right now i still have my hades pact of punishment randomizer as one of my bookmarks it's really cool you go in there you put how much heat you want and you click the button and it randomizes your pact of punishments that you put in and it's it's really fun uh, as far as if you ever wanted to stream hades it's a fun way to fantastic. do it fantastic and if um you don't know anything about hades and want to know more about it you can message us on twitter we'll gladly talk about it or listen to the hidden aspects podcast <laughs> oh absolutely um, which is one that hat did and um i'm sure that'll be reactivated for hades too but I'm very excited about that as well. Um, So this next question. Oh, yeah, I'm on the uh, waiting list. This next question is a little bit um, in depth. Uh, You stream multiple games. You do YouTube. You do a podcast. Mm -hmm. You you try to diversify your content. Um, How hard is that and how important is that? And what what are the benefits of that? So that's a really good question. And there's actually it's a really complicated one to answer as well. So I'll do my best in, to, to kind of answer all those different parts. So you talking about multiple things, uh, diversifying your content is really good uh, to a certain extent because it introduces you to new audiences, right? So something like the podcast, when I go live with the podcast, every once in a while, somebody will pop in there and I've never seen them and I'll only see them for the podcast, you know, but they, they really like the music podcast. They like that content. And, you know, then there's also like some of my Hearthstone people like music. Some of my Marvel Snap people really like the music I listen to. So some of each of those groups shows up to my podcast, but they don't always show up to my Hearthstone streams or they don't always show up to my Marvel Snap streams and stuff like that. So diversifying your content just gives you room for more people to um, sort of be interested in who you are as a person. And the kind of the goal as a content creator that I've learned is you don't want to just be like, peaceful the marvel snap streamer or peaceful the hearthstone streamer or peaceful the podcast host you're peaceful see you're the streamer and that's what's been really cool to see that i've really kind of hit my stride with the last couple months is that most of my 
most of my audience now is the same people every time. And then when I play Snap, it'll be this different group of people. When I play Hearthstone, it'll be this different group of people. But there's like this core audience who they're just they're I honestly they're my friends, right? They're people that I care about. They're people I've grown to know. They're people we I play games with on stream. And that's that's the benefit of diversification. Now, there is a point, and I learned this the hard way, where diversifying too much splits your audience and makes it harder to grow. So you do sort of want to, A, have a set schedule. B, make sure people know when you're going to be playing what. And um, C, like, make sure that the the audience you're growing is interested in not just your what games you're playing, but you as a person. You know, grow that relationship, get to know people, and make it, you know, like, care. I know that sounds weird to say, but, like, I think that's the main thing I've realized is, like, if I'm just myself, and I've always been a very caring, like, a very genuine person, I feel like. I try to be anyway. You know, no one's perfect, but when I'm that person on stream, it, you know, those those people will get to know me, and they want to come back, and they're going to come hang out with me no matter what I'm playing. So tomorrow went, like, I mean, today I was doing a, a streamathon thing. I'm doing it all week because my kids are out of town, and for the last four hours, we played Pictionary, we played Words on Stream, we didn't play a single game of Snap, a single game of Hearthstone, and I had the same amount of people in there as I did when I started, because those people are my, like, honestly, they're like my stream family. They're my friends, they're people that I care about, that care about me, and we just we just hung out, and we played games together, and it was, I mean, it's, that's, those four hours are probably the most fun I've had streaming in, a, like, in, like, months. It's just, it was just really, really cool, because it was, it, it just goes to show what what happens when you take that initiative and that effort to invest in the people that are coming to your streams. How much of an overlap do you think that that core group is for when, like when, when, when you stream Hearthstone or you stream snap or your YouTube stuff is out there, what percentage, like rough idea, like what percentage of that do you think is that core group? Is it like 30? Is it like 70? I'd say it's probably closer to the 30. And the the cool thing that you'll learn as you do it is the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So the YouTube, I don't, um, I was at, and this is like not an exaggeration. I was at like 300 subscribers on YouTube, probably a month and a half ago. Now I'm at almost 1200. And that's just been that snowball effect of, I was, you know, investing into my audience on Twitter. I was investing into my audience on stream and I was investing into my audience on YouTube. And the combination of those things really helped it it's snowball into this, the level that it's at now. Um, and it's, it's different, right? So one of the things that I really encourage people is don't lock yourself into just Twitch. If you want to be a content creator, don't lock yourself into just Twitch. Don't lock yourself into just YouTube. Don't lock yourself into just TikTok. You need to find that happy balance of the things that you enjoy, but the things that will help grow your audience overall. Because if, if you look at my Twitch statistics over the last couple months, I'd say on a, on a on a general average, it's like 30% of the people come in from my Twitch notifications, 30% come in from my Twitter notifications, 15 or 20% come in from my YouTube because I post on my YouTube what time I'm going live. And it's all those different things come together and those people have kind of found their way to my stream that way. And it becomes, you know, sort of habitual for them. It's like, oh, Peaceful's on. He, he just, you know, I just watched his video. I want to go see what he's doing on stream right now. If he's playing that deck he put out a video for, if he's doing this. and you know, people will stop in on my Hearthstone streams and they're like, hey, oh, I've never played this game. How does it work? And then like I'm teaching Snap people how to play Hearthstone and then my Hearthstone people chime in. They're like, oh, you're playing Snap. You know, how do you how does this game work? And I'll explain to those people how you play Snap. And it's it's just kind of this cool thing where those people are there for me, you know, and that's that's a really good feeling. Like, again, like I'm not good at tooting my own horn. 
but it's one of those things where I've learned that I do have things to offer and I do have things that to bring to the table that people enjoy. So, you know, I need to, I need to like lean into that instead of, you know, trying to focus so much on just being like, Oh, well, I need to be, you know, I think there's a general, like people feel like they have to be a certain level of good at a game to stream it. And that's just not true. I've learned that, you know, I'm not saying I'm not good. I'm I'm pretty good at both, at both Hearthstone and snap, but people don't hang out. Like I'll make stupid mistakes on stream all the time, but it's like, people are there to hang out with me. They're not there to just see me win every game of conquest or every game of on ladder or whatever it may be. So we talked about the fact that you want to try to make this a full-time job over, you know, having another job and doing this on the time because it's a lot more work. Um, how close do you feel like you are to that? And what are some of the roadblocks that you've run into in, in that journey? Um, I, I think I'm still a ways away. And that's, that's something I'm very comfortable with. I, to be a full-time content creator, you need to have this level of comfortability that the content you put out is going to make you X, Y, Z amount of revenue so that you can afford to live, right? So right now I'm in the stage where I make more money off stream than I spend, but you know, I'm still in that phase where I'm still I'm still growing, but it's snowballing just like I talked about and I know I'll be at that level when I can look at it and see that my like my kind of my goal is to get to the point where my my paycheck from my job is extra and I don't even need it. Cause that's where, that's where you really need to be, right? You need to be at the point where the money you're making off a stream is the money that you need to support yourself in your life. You know, and I have a lot of, I have three kids that, you know, I help support and I have myself that I need to support and, you know, I have bills just like everybody else. So I do think I'm a ways away. One of the things I've personally noticed with content creation from other content creators is that stuff tends to snowball. People will go from, you know, averaging 30 viewers or so like me to averaging, you know, you know, 75 to a hundred to averaging 200. And it's just, it's the amount of work you put in and it's the amount of time you're willing to put into it. So it's, it's just, you know, my, my advice to people, if they're trying to get into the full-time content creation thing is don't look too far ahead, you know, have goals, have, you know, places you want to get, have milestones you want to get to, but take it a step at a time and make sure you're doing it the right way. Cause if you're, if you're not doing it the right way, it's not going to grow. So we we've talked about how diversifying is very important and growing a channel and a brand is very difficult. Um, we all, we, I mean, if you talk to anybody, talk to any, any, you could probably talk to this guy's toast and he'll probably tell you that it, it was difficult and, and it takes the work that you put in all that. Um, aside from diversification, is there any other things that you're doing to try to achieve that growth? Um, yeah, being, being consistent. I think that's the main thing I've learned is consistency especially in your content creation so if you're trying to create content for tiktok if you're trying to create content for youtube if you're trying to create content for something like that you have to have consistency because you know it again it snowballs like i know i keep saying that but i promise you it does you'll you'll have your first couple videos and you're getting five ten you know 20 views and it can be really demoralizing i'm not gonna lie i remember putting out my first few videos on youtube and thinking oh i'm never gonna be able to do this because my first few videos would get like 10 15 views and it just felt like it was this hopeless, hopeless climb. But then you start learning about, you know, SEO, which is a search engine optimization. You start learning about tags and the importance of tags. You start learning about thumbnails and, oh, I need to make sure my thumbnails, you know, display a certain kind of message. You know, you learn about all the way that the algorithms for YouTube and TikTok and all that stuff work. And suddenly, like, it, it's a, again, it's a snowball effect. Like, I have a video that hits 500 views. I remember my first video that hit 1,000. I was like, 
oh my God, I cannot believe I got a thousand views on this video. That's crazy. And now I'm to the point where if my video doesn't get a thousand views, I feel like, well, I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, what did I do wrong? You know, it's like this stuff you, it is a constant growing process. And it's just, a, you just need to make sure you're doing the little things right. It's like every time I notice, like when I take a shortcut, because either I'm pressed for time or something along those lines where I'm like, oh, I don't have as much time for this video as I'm, I used to. I'm going to do this, this, and this, but I'm not going to do, you know, whatever it may be that I normally do. And then that video doesn't perform as well. I'm like, well, you know, I took those shortcuts. I didn't do what I needed to do. So it's just about being consistent. It's the by far the most important thing. Do the same thing every time you make a video. Uh, do the post videos around the same time. Post videos on a consistent schedule and uh, make sure you stream a consistent schedule. And the more consistent you are, uh, the more habitual it becomes for your viewers. They want to know, like, that's the thing is like, as much as they may like you, and I, I went through this for a little bit where my streams were down because I wasn't being consistent. As much as you, they, the people who come watch you may like you, if they don't know when you're going to be on and they don't know when you're going to have videos going live, they're not going to be looking for that stuff. You know, it's kind of like, I always liken it to, and you know, some of our audience may not remember this, but old people like me and, and Tito you will remember this, like watching like a, a serialized show on TV. Like I remember I knew when, you know, uh, even Stevens was going to air a new episode on Disney Channel. I knew when How I Met Your Mother was going to be airing the new episode on CBS because I, I loved those shows and it was a habitual thing for me. Every night I would every, you know, every Thursday night or every Friday night or whatever it may be, I'd be watching whatever shows that I was, you know, interested in at the time. And your content needs to be like that as well. People need to know when they can find you. People need to know when you're going to be posting stuff and you need to be something that someone they can rely on. And that's the best way I think I can describe it is just be someone that people can rely on to be there when they want, you know, something to watch or somebody to talk to or to hang out with. Now, do you have milestones that you have worked out either like in your head or that you actually have written down that you were trying to hit? And how is that? How's that going? And how important is that if mm -hmm. you have? Yeah, like 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 goals, basically, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I do. And some of them I've like by far surpassed some of them I haven't. So like, for example, um, I can tell you my goals for this year were to hit uh, at least 5,000 followers on Twitch, preferably. I think I, I had my like sky, like my really high goal is like, well, I want to be at 10,000. But I wanted my like my, my mid-level, I was like, I want to be at 5,000 by the time the year rolls around. I'm not anywhere near that. But also my goal was for 1,000 YouTube subscribers by the end of the year, and I'm already way past that. So uh, those are two of my goals. And then I had my average viewers, I wanted to be above 20, which I'm like hovering right there right now. I'm between like some days I'll have like 40 or 50. Some days it's like 10, 15. It just depends on, you know, what I've got going on or um, what's going on that day, who else is streaming. So um, I think goals are extremely important and whether they're written down or whether they're just in your head, you need to have something you're aiming for. And it needs to not be something that um you're locked into to where like if you don't, if you miss it like so yeah obviously i'm disappointed because i haven't hit my twitch follower goal this year but i see all the other things that i have hit and that that's what i look at i'm like well i am growing you know i'm not growing necessarily in all the areas i want to but i'm growing and that's the important thing is i'm getting better but if you don't have those goals that you're you're reaching for if you don't have those things you're trying to hit when you have that bad day when you have that time where you're just like i don't want to i don't want to make a video today i'm so tired or Oh, I've had all this going on. I don't want to get on and stream today. Then suddenly you, you don't have a reason to push through that. And you don't have a reason to do the things you need to do because you don't have these goals that you're looking forward to. You don't have these things you're trying to hit. And, you know, it's a really important part of being successful in anything you do, not just, you know, content creation, but any goal you have in life, 
you know, whether it be like, you know, weight loss, like I, I'm on, a, I have one of those right now. I have a goal. I want to get back down to a certain weight by the end of the year because I've been putting on my dad bod weight in the last year and I don't like it. it I don't feel good about myself. So I, you know, I set a goal for that and I, you know, I've been working hard towards it and it, I'm seeing progress and results and it's really awesome. And uh, goals are just important. Don't, don't go into something like content creation without a plan and goals that you have in mind. You know, don't like lock yourself into them. You're not a failure if you don't hit them by the time you want to hit them, but have some goals, have some, have something you want to achieve and give your, give yourself a time to do it. Like a timeline in which to do it. Don't just be like, well, I want to get a thousand followers. Like, yeah, but but when, you know, have those things so that you can have something to work towards. And I would say, don't let, um, to, to, to a caveat to that is if, if you're just trying to stream or make content just for the fun of it and you're just like, hey, I want to make some goofy videos or I just want to stream and, and play some video games and you're not really worried about that, you don't need to set goals right away. But then when you like, hey, I want to grow, I want to get more people here, then that's when you can do it. But like, don't feel like, hey, I just want to try the streaming thing out. You need to set all these kinds of goals. Just get get out, get out there, do it if you want to do it. I think if you are listening to Hearthstone podcasts, I would say at least 30% of you out there, and that's a number I just picked out of my head and made up, but I would say at least 30% <laughs> out, of, out there have thought about doing some kind of content and uh, making uh, an effort to reach out to people and to show your creativity and maybe your your gameplay that you're really good at a game or if you think you're really funny. Uh, I'm neither, but I try it anyway. Um, but yeah, so don't let having goals are not we've talked about goals many times on this show set goals if you want to if you don't hit them remember it's not that important unless you make it that important and if you can use it to motivate yourself that's great um but you did talk about one thing where you said oh there's days where i don't want to make a video or i don't want to stream i i know i've seen you on stream and you're having a bad run of games and you're like why do they keep playing uh uh, this card and like, th this is no fun and you don't want to be there. Um, yeah. how does this shift to making content? Um, does it take the fun out of the games for you? Are, are you like, no, now I'm, I just only play Hearthstone on stream. Now I just play snap on stream. Now. Uh, I know that's not the case necessarily. Cause we just kind of talked about it a little bit, but how much is making this such a, uh, consistent part of your life? Does it take the fun out of anything? I, you know, and that's funny that you bring that up because I am a naturally very emotional person when it comes to games. I've always been that way. It's it's kind of a running joke in my family because we're all like that. Like all of my all of the the kids from my from my side of the family and like even all of our cousins and stuff, we're all very competitive. So a lot of that you see come out on stream for me is actually something I've been working on. Now I've gotten a lot better. I think if you tune into the last couple of weeks of my streams and watch some of the highlights, you'll see that I, I really have gotten better or even when I'm having a really rad run of games. It's much more like controlled, but that's just like, that's uh, like, for me, that's a passion thing. When I get really frustrated like that, it's because I, like, I care so much and I just like to win, you know, I've always had that issue where I'm one of the classic, like, I know most people will say, well, you know, you're not, no one has fun when they lose. And that's just not true, but I, that's true for me. And that's, that's a struggle that I've worked. I've had to work on it on a personal level for a while. So it's a little bit different uh, to answer your question. I, I think when you want to do streaming as content creation you have to accept that some days you're gonna have to stream even if you don't feel like streaming and that that is a that can be a struggle sometimes because again it is your job right so even though like i said i want to do my job to be something that i enjoy doing and i have fun with there are days and we all have days right you get up and you're just like yeah i don't i don't feel like playing anything i just want to chill i just want to do this you know maybe i want to go outside but you know i have a schedule 
And there were, there's been times where, you know, even Tito knows there's been times where my streams haven't been as consistent, but the last, I, I want to say it was probably middle of May where I looked at my stream numbers and I wasn't happy with them because I had grown so much at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And then I've been very inconsistent for the first three or four months. And I was like, you know what? Like I need to accept that just because I'm not having the best day. That doesn't mean I can't, I just don't scream. I just don't stream because like I, because like you said, I do want it to be a full-time job. But for me, it, it's not that the, the game itself takes the fun out of it. It's just, you know, I'm just human, right? I have days where I don't want to play Snap and I don't want to play Hearthstone and I don't want to do this. And, you know, sometimes you have to fight through that. But a lot of the work I've done on myself as far as just having a better mental attitude has helped with that, where every day when I wake up now, instead of it being like if I'm having a, kind of like a sluggish day or I'm not feeling like quite myself, I, I'll, I kind of like look at that and be like, well, why are you feeling this way? And I kind of walk myself through it and find out what it is. And usually once I do that and kind of figure out, well, this is why I'm feeling down. This happened the other day with my friend or with my family and it's got me a little bummed out that like just knowing what the problem is helps me. But to be perfectly honest, no, I love, I love gaming. I love snap and Hearthstone and the games of that style. Like I said, any games with like the deck building aspect to them, they just scratch this creative itch for me that it never gets old. And like, even there's when there's times where I'm frustrated with like, say the meta and Hearthstone or the meta and snap, you know, I can find things about it to make it fun. And like I said, I'm a competitive person. So if it comes down to it, I just play the meta decks, whatever, just cause you know, I want to make sure I'm as competitive as possible. So it's all about having the right mindset. If you want to do full-time content creation, but you know, you go to stream for the second day in a row and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is so annoying. That's probably a bad sign. You know, like if you're like, you know, if you start trying to do full-time content creation and you just literally have to like, it's like pulling teeth to get yourself the, the hit the start stream button. That's a, that I would say that's maybe a sign that that's not the way you should go. And I, this full-time streaming is not for everybody. You know, it, it, it's totally fine to have streaming be a hobby or something you just do for fun or because you, you know, it's something you do enjoy in limited amounts. Yeah. And I know one thing that I've heard from a lot of streamers that I follow is they, they're scared to take like a vacation or anything because uh, mm -hmm. you could have a very consistent audience and that that's there every night, but you take a week off, that's an opportunity for them to find their new favorite streamer that streams at your time. So mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's not just, it, it's scary. There's, there's a lot of things to factor in there. But, um, and I know I had the opposite problem of not, you, you were talking about how if it's the second day and you don't want to go live, then that's the problem. I need to stream less because I'm not actually diverse. I haven't done, I have all these other ideas and things that I need to work on. I haven't pushed mm -hmm. forward fight nights. I have, um, some other th things I want to put work on, but I, I get down to the end of the night. I'm like, I just want to play video games and I just push the live mm -hmm. button and I just play for a couple hours when I should be like, no, tonight I'm going to work on this. So, um, oh. You know, it is what it is. But... Actually, yeah, actually, I have something, a little something to add on there. Um, that's that's actually something I went through too, right? Um, part of being a full-time content creator is accepting that you're not going to get, like, this is going to sound weird, but I play less games now than I did when I was doing this part-time streaming. And it's because of content creation, right? You know, a lot of the time, like my free time, quote unquote, that I would use before, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm done streaming. I'm not streaming right now, but I'm going to get on. I'm, I'm going to play an hour of Battlegrounds. I'm going to play two or three games of Battlegrounds, or I'm going to get on and I'm going to see how far I can get with this deck on ladder, or I'm going to get on Marvel Snap. I'm going to I'm going to do a, a, a gold conquest. That time is now planning videos, editing videos, recording the intros for videos, making the thumbnails, you know, scheduling stuff out, 
like I play less video games now to the point where when I do get the stream, it's almost like, oh, yes, I finally actually get to play the video game that I've been watching myself play for the last five hours. You know, it's this it's it's kind of this weird. Yeah, like I don't know how else to, to explain it. It's, it's really weird. I play less video games now than when I wasn't a full time content creator. So I just don't have time. I don't have time to get on and, and, and boot up a game like I haven't played a new game other than Snap and Hearthstone in so long. It, it's it's just hard to find the time to like I played Tears of the Kingdom. That's actually the last one when that came out in May. I played that for like a week straight. And you know what? I barely streamed and I didn't make content that week. And my 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 brand suffered for it. And that's something I've I've learned the hard way that I just have to accept. That's one of the sacrifices I think you should be understanding of if you want to make content is that you're not gonna be able to have the free time to do all the things you want to do. Uh, you have any final thoughts for uh, people that are thinking about getting into content creation, either as a hobby or as a job? Um, if you want to do it as a hobby, just do it. That's the first thing I would say. If you, if something, if the other, I guess overall, what I want to, what I want to say about this is don't go into streaming thinking, oh, I want to make this a full-time. I want this to be a job. I want to be a full-time content creator. You need to go into streaming saying, is this something I want to do? Let me find out if this is something I enjoy. And then from there, you can decide what, how much of a percentage of your life you want it to be. Because full-time, like I'll, I'll be honest, full-time content creation is, is hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. It takes up a lot of time. You have to make sacrifices in a lot of areas. I can't tell you how many times I've had friends text me in the last three or four months and been like, hey, you want to come hang out and, and play? Like, I, I have this buddy of mine who's been asking me to come play commander with him for like three months straight. And I finally texted him just this last week. I was like, dude, I know you think I probably hate you and I'm just blowing you off. I was like, but I literally just have not. I can't like I have to. I The times that you have available, like I, I have to get this done. I have to get that done. I was like, please keep asking me. <laughs> Don't stop asking me because eventually I'm going to be able to make a little bit of time and come hang out. But until then, I just understand that when I say no, it, it it's not because I, I I don't want to hang out with you. It's because I legitimately can't because it's just that's, you know, it, it is a big sacrifice and you you can't go into it thinking, well, this is what I want if you're not sure how much you love it, because if you don't love doing it the first time you get it gets really hard, you're going to quit. And I've seen it. I've, I can't tell you how many people I've known who were content creators just like me about the same size are like, oh, I'm going to go full time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they go super hard for like two months, realize how hard it actually is. And then, you know, you never hear from them again. Like it's, it's, it's something you need to be sure that you love. Like the, just think of the, the automobile analogy I gave earlier. If you can't get into video editing and edit videos for four hours and come out of it feeling like you barely did anything and loving it and being super excited about it, it's probably not for you because you're that's what a lot of it's going to be for the first part. And it's not like you're going to post that video and then suddenly have 6,000 views, 10,000 views, 100,000 views. I've never gotten 100,000 views on a video. I think my highest one is 10,000. So you've got to understand that it's a process and it's it's very easy to get discouraged if you don't have that that desire to really make it in that in that field. And I have an easy solution for you. Just start making commander content and you're fine. There you go. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, hey, Doc, you got any, uh, anything you want to ask or add here? Uh, I mean, no. I think the questions you had for Peaceful were everything that I would think of. Fair enough. Well, that was a lot of information. I am full. But, Doc, you know what? I think I have a little time for dessert. What about yourself? Yeah, dessert sounds pretty good. Uh, so, listeners, 
please leave us a review. It really helps out the show with visibility because Apple Podcasts does not do great at pushing out newer shows. Uh, so we'd prefer a five-star review, but please uh, give us an honest review. Let us know uh, what you like about the show, what you dislike about the show, because we want our show to be the the best it can uh, for us and our listeners. And that doesn't happen without your feedback. So feedback is appreciated. And uh, Peaceful, where can people find you? Sure. So um, you can find me on Twitter. It's PeacefulCTTV. You can find me on YouTube. It is Peaceful. If you just search Peaceful Sea, um, you'll see a bunch of uh, really serene ocean videos where you can watch the the ocean for a little while, for like eight hours. I don't know why they're so long. But um, if you want to find me, just type Peaceful Sea Marvel Snap, and I pop right up on YouTube. And then if you want to find me on Twitch, I'm twitch.tv slash Peaceful Sea. Now, listener, I know we all give our socials every week. And you, you, if you're hopefully you're following me and Doc or the show by now, and if not, it's fine. But one thing I'd like to ask, if you are listening to the show, we're, we're trying this new initiative here where we are bringing on content creators that are up and coming. And if you enjoyed here, Peaceful on the show, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, um, please actually take the minute to go follow them. Because that's kind of what we're trying to do is we're trying to help promote some of these people that are up and coming and what we need you to do is help them become up and coming or so give them a follow, <laughs> try give it, not just follow, but you know, try to check out their content and, and see if you like it. Cause hopefully we're fi- helping you find some of your new favorite streamers. So doc, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at doc McButt, And occasionally you can find me on uh, twitch.tv doc McButt, or twitch.tv slash doc McButt, Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, Tito, how about yourself? And you can find me uh, at Tito Santana HS on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, Peaceful, do you have any shout outs this week? Well, I got to say that um, and she is no longer a Hearthstone streamer, and she's a very big streamer, so you don't really need to go follow her because um, a lot of you probably already are. But Nina gave me an awesome raid the other day. I love her. Um, as far as, I mean, I there's a few people on our team that I just wanted to go ahead and shout out because I've just really enjoyed the, lurking in their streams the last little bit of steak, uh, great spectacular. Definitely check him out. If you all haven't, if you love Hearthstone content, he plays a lot more Hearthstone than I do anymore. Um, being Rachel, I think I've, mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool to see some of the people on our hype horizon team go from being like, Rachel was always like really cool, but like, as far as a Hearthstone player, she was not, you know, like the most amazing player, but she was fun to watch. She was really sweet. She has really taken her game up a notch. If you want to watch somebody who, who really goes through a process to get better, um, if you're like, since this is a podcast about getting better at Hearthstone, I um I love watching her streams because she will walk through the process live with like through a game. She'll be like, hmm, I should have done this. I should have done this. Oh, I wonder if this was better. And it's a really good mentality to have whenever you're trying to get better at a game like Hearthstone to constantly be looking at how you can get better. So uh, I actually wanted to, wanted to shout her out since we were, I know that's what this podcast is about. Absolutely. We love Rachel. Um, Doc, how about you? Any shout outs this week? Uh, yeah. So first and foremost, as always, uh, thanking our guests, Peaceful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank uh, you. It was very fun chatting with you. Uh, glad to know that you like Star Wars a lot. Star Wars is... Mm-hmm. Not like a new fandom of mine, but a new fandom I'm diving deeper into with like lore and like trying to understand like mm-hmm. 
the Star Wars Expanded Universe and uh, Abeloth. <laughs> yeah, Abeloth and the Gods of Mortis and stuff like that. Mm. Like, yeah, some very, very cool Star Wars celestial stuff. Yeah, um, if you don't if you don't watch any of the other Clone Wars episodes, go find the Mortis Gods art and watch it. It is it's crazy. <laughs> I cannot I still to this day cannot believe it's Star Wars. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. But yeah, no, you're fine. You're <laughs> that's fine. So yeah, cool. that's 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 on my list. Um, Yeah. So sh- thank you again for being on the show. Um, <laughs> And then my my shout out, my other shout out this week uh, is going to go out to my girlfriend's younger brother, Colin. Uh, it is se- it is his senior year of high school this year, and he just PR'd in cross country again at uh, districts. So so far this year, I think he's shaved off about forty to forty five seconds off of his wow. like his five k time, which is absolutely huge. Um, he's just been killing it, dude. Kid's a stud. He just works really hard. Um, so, I mean, I know he's not going to listen to this because he doesn't play Hearthstone, but, uh, I just want to shout him out anyway, because kid's just a really hard worker and is passionate about the things he enjoys. So Colin, your work is noticed and I'm proud of you, bud. Tito, how about yourself? I also used to do cross country. This, don't think I could run that much anymore now, but hopefully get to it. Um, want to shout out Ron Come on, Tito, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, want it. Well, <laughs> back, back issues and, and lots of fat, but we're working on it. Um, we had Ron Mexico on last week. I didn't call him Ron Jeremy once. I was very proud of that, but thank you for being <laughs> on the show. And, um, we, we had the show last week to explicitly talk about THL. And I actually had several people reach out to me and say, Hey, thank you for letting us know about THL. This sounds really exciting. And they're, they're looking to join the league next, next season. So, um, if it's out there, they, they have a, um, the hearth, uh, uh, team hearth league. If you find their website, you can find their Discord. You can join their Discord and and get yourself involved. Find yourself a team. It's a lot of fun. And um, also want to give a shout out to the THL team. We just finished up the season, the Battlegrounds team, which we were talking about before with Peaceful. But um, I we we really came together and started to play well. And we've had some. There are some killer players in that league. It, it is. Uh, when, when, when you're going up against Hapa and, uh, Pokey on the same team, you know, you, you get your work cut out for you and we mm-hmm. represented really well. And I think that we just have something started for next year. So looking forward to it. Um, but anyway, guys, I think that's it. I think we're toast. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Hi everybody. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light.